The German war machine of World War II earned a terrifying reputation as a brutally efficient and devastating engine of destruction and death. Well, you won't see any evidence of that in this video. The Nazi-designed Wunderwaffe, literally meaning miracle weapons, include some of the most bonkers, insane, stupid, and ridiculous weapon designs ever put to paper. Most of these Wunderwaffe, as you are about to see, were as useless as they were nuts. Too impractical to build, let alone make it to mass production, most Wunderwaffe never even became prototypes. Absorbing huge amounts of money and technical experience, these exotic devices used up huge amounts of German resources, while producing very little tactical or strategic advantage in return. In this episode, we're going to take a deep dive into the weird and wacky world of the Nazi Wunderwaffe. Focusing on the craziest of those projects, some of the maddest daydreams of military minds ever put into prototype. Welcome to Wars of the World. The Wunderwaffe is filled with all types of crazy designs. When it comes to the craziest of all, the Panzer VIII has to be in the running, especially when you consider how close this thing came to actually being mass-produced. So let's step back. We will need to. The Panzer VIII was a super heavy tank, weighing 188 tons, easily four times heavier than the heaviest tanks used in the field at the time, and still three times as heavy as modern-day frontline tanks. This thing was massive. First nicknamed the Mammoth, for obvious reasons, the Panzer VIII would have dwarfed every vehicle on the battlefield. But of course, this is the Wunderwaffe program, and nothing is allowed to be sensible. And so, weighing over a hundred tons and blanketed in seven-inch thick armor, the Panzer VIII became known to those working on it, as well as surprised historians everywhere, as the mouse. You honestly couldn't make it up. This mighty machine was beyond ridiculous. Originally armed with a smaller gun, the mouse designers aimed to keep the beast below 100 tons. It simply couldn't be done. Upon seeing a wooden model of the thing in May 1943, Adolf Hitler wasn't having any of it. He said the thing had a toy gun, insisting on a massive 150mm gun instead. If he had got his way, the mouse would have ended up weighing 200 tons easily. I hate to call anyone involved in this project level-headed, but someone somewhere ensured a compromise was reached and the mighty Krupp 128mm Pack 44 anti-tank gun was instead mounted onto the mouse. Weighing 10 tons and capable of firing 28kg shells that would disable any fighting vehicle deployed by the Allies at ranges exceeding 3,500 meters, this was a serious weapon and one that turned the mouse into a fearsome tank killer. 
It was complemented by another 75mm cannon, as used on the Panzer IVs, as well as an anti-personnel M64 machine gun. Wreathed in armour, and with such powerful guns, the Maus was intended to be used as a breakthrough tank, punching holes into well-defended positions and emerging unscathed. It would have been a terror to see on the battlefield. However, you wouldn't need to flee the scene so quickly. That's because the mouse ended up weighing well over 100 tons because of its use, and that's where the tank starts to look a little ridiculous. Because even though some pretty large engines, 12-cylinder beats converted from designs used in aircraft, were available for use, these things were huge, and would help ensure the mouse would be fraught with mechanical problems. Despite producing as much horsepower as a Bugatti Veyron, the top speed of the mouse was a leisurely 12 miles an hour. Hitler exclaimed when he saw the designs, quote, If I had a hundred of these, I could turn back the Russians. Well, even if that were true, and spoiler alert, it wasn't, he wouldn't be sending the Russians anywhere in a hurry. Every tank commander who saw this thing knew it would be useless. Too slow, too vulnerable to being attacked at weak points, and too expensive. For every one of these built, six or seven Tiger tanks, vehicles of undoubted effectiveness in combat, would have to be sacrificed. It must have been a grim scene when everyone met up to discuss the plans for the mouse. Hitler, ranting on about how they could change the war, and dreaming of tanks weighing over a thousand tons, and the generals and officers all around him, with combat experience, fully aware of the inadequacy of this weapon, and how desperate their situation was. Some protested, but most were silent, too scared to oppose the will of the Führer. Only two prototypes of the mouse were ever built, and neither saw combat. Others were nearly built, but abandoned, their huge carcasses left lying on factory floors. If they had, however, they would have most likely seen little success. Such massive tanks would have been sitting ducks for the Allied Air Forces, which had complete control of the skies in the final stages of the war. All in all, it is fair to say that the Panzer VIII Mouse was a flawed and crazy project from start to finish. Bigger tanks were proposed as Wunderwaffe, including the 1,500-ton Landcruiser P-1000 Rat, but none got anywhere near as close to becoming a reality as the Mouse did. If Germany had the time to build them, the resources to make them, and the necessary infrastructure to move them, perhaps they might have been something spectacular. But Germany had none of these things. By 1944 and 1945, the Wehrmacht hardly had enough fuel to supply its existing fleet of tanks, let alone this monstrosity. That makes the Maus truly one of the silliest Wunderwaffe that nearly reached mass production, and an incredible what-if story of World War II. A series of proposals for battleships surpassing all others in size, the H-Class battleships might have been launched had the Nazi regime survived a few more years. Dwarfing both the Yamato-class battleships of Japan and the Montana-class battleships of the US, the H-Class was a proposed series of battleships of incredible size and armament. Totaling some six plans, the H-series of battleships were made for one purpose, and one purpose alone. The destruction of the British Royal Navy. 
The name given to the rearmament and expansion of the Kriegsmarine, the German Navy, was the suitably scary sounding Plan Z. The largest of these H-class battleships scheduled to be built for Plan Z was the H-44. Although never really planned in detail, the H-44 was calculated to be 345 meters long and weigh an incredible 141,500 tons. This behemoth would have weighed twice as much as history's largest battleships ever built, the fearsome Japanese Yamato and her sister ships. In fact, the H-44 would have been so large that, if built, there wouldn't have been a port in all of Germany large enough to dock her. The fearsome battleship, the Bismarck, that sunk the mighty hood in one of naval history's most iconic engagements was only one third the size of the H-44. This thing would have been a monster. But so what if the H-class battleships were as long and heavy as a modern day US nuclear powered aircraft carrier? Let's talk about the guns. Well, when it comes to firepower, German engineering rarely disappoints, and the H-Class was no exception. With a proposed armament of eight 508mm guns, the H-44 would have likely been capable of firing shells weighing up to 1,900 kilograms each. That means a single broadside from the H-44 would have had over 15 tons of high explosive munitions raining down upon you. A payload that would take seven B-17 Flying Fortresses, one of World War II's largest and most destructive heavy bombers, to carry. To be on the receiving end of these 20-inch naval guns would have meant certain destruction to anything, with the exception perhaps of a few concrete underground bunkers. But of course, this was little more than daydreaming for Nazi planners. With estimated production times of 50 months and requiring enormous amounts of steel, manpower, and money to complete, no H-class warships would ever be finished, and the two that were started, by then having used 1,200 and 3,500 tons of steel respectively, were scrapped, the materials used to make U-boats instead. With total war breaking out on land, the Germans simply didn't have the resources to challenge the British at sea. Good thing too, really, because naval engagements in the Pacific were already demonstrating how outdated battleships were becoming when faced with the mobile plane-based strategies built around aircraft carriers. The guns that had already been built were integrated into the Atlantic Wall, a series of naval defenses. They stand as massive reminders of the potential power of these warships. Instead, Britannia continued to rule the waves, but the H-Class will forever rule the imagination of any naval warfare fanatic, steaming off from reality in its ridiculously sized steel splendor. By this point, it should be fairly clear that the Nazis pursued all kinds of ambitious and impractical weapons programs during the course of the Second World War. The Messerschmitt Me-163 was perhaps the finest example of this. The first and only operational rocket-powered fighter aircraft, and the first piloted aircraft that could exceed 1,000 kilometers an hour, a record that wouldn't be broken for 10 years, by the way, the incredible plane earned its nickname the Comet, hurtling through the sky in a blaze of glory. 
The Nazis had long been pioneers of rocket technology, and although they were also pushing the boundaries in the use of turbojets, the potential applications of rockets to aircraft captured their imaginations. With no need to take in air, only burning the propellants they carried, rocket planes had the potential to be blisteringly fast, and by the mid-1940s, with German cities being flattened by wave after wave of Allied bombers, the Nazis were desperate for something new. The ME-163 Comet was that answer, and this thing deserved its nickname. Don't be fooled by its stubby appearance. This thing was blindingly fast by the standard of its time, capable of reaching up to 700 miles per hour. Apparently, it nearly sheared off its vertical stabilizer in the process. At these speeds, the comet was over twice as fast as most Allied fighter pilots, which rarely exceeded 350 miles per hour. One American pilot, seeing one attack his squadron, said the comet was, quote, like a bat out of hell. Armed with MG-151 20mm cannons, as well as some twin MK-108 30mm cannons, the Comet could punch out a fighter plane with a single hit, and a bomber in a few more. They would have to make those shots count, however, because in creating such incredible thrust, this thing used up fuel, and used it fast. In reaching its over 1,000 km speed, the ME-163 ran out of fuel in only seven and a half minutes, after which it would glide back down to land. Consequently, pilots had one chance, and one chance only, to hit their targets. In unpressurized cabins, experiencing G-forces that threatened many with unconsciousness, and having to line up shots with planes traveling much slower than them, you can imagine how difficult this would be. And the dangers. We have to talk about how dangerous these ME-163s were. After all, a comet is not just fast, but also a sign of impending doom. Filled with volatile rocket fuel and still developing technology, the ME-163 was as likely to blow itself up as it was to be shot down. It is no wonder German pilots weren't lining up for the opportunity to fly these things. The propellant, a chemical blend known as Seastoff, was corrosive, toxic, and extremely volatile when mixed. The plane's designer, Alexander Lippisch, said of this stuff, quote, if you stick your finger in it, then you get only the bone out. ME-163s would explode when on the tarmac, preparing for takeoff, as well as from just small amounts of damage during flight. The toxic chemical often injured the plane's crews, and one unfortunate pilot, Mr. Josef Oz, was dissolved entirely when the fuel line ruptured. It seemed the Nazis were pushing the boundaries in all sorts of fields, the most gruesome ways to kill themselves included. No surprise whatsoever that German pilots and crews called these things the Hell Machines. So was this wacky rocket-fueled plane actually any good? Surprisingly, considering the numerous shortcomings discussed, it really was. Although fuel shortages kept most grounded for the duration of the war, in their short operational history, they destroyed at least a dozen Allied aircraft. In glided flight, it was highly maneuverable and easy to control, with one German test pilot stating that a child could fly it. Utilizing some clever detachable landing gear built around a big ski on the bottom of the aircraft, landings were surprisingly safe. Okay, sure, the thing kept blowing up, and really struggled to hit enemy aircraft, but ongoing improvements to this groundbreaking approach might have sorted that out. 
It also looked amazing in red. Not exactly a sign of prowess in combat, but it's just something I couldn't not bring up. However, when you consider the costs, this picture looks a lot less rosy. Of the 364 comets built, less than one quarter were ever used. Think of the time and effort that went into researching and creating this thing, the testing of prototypes, the distraction it served at factories and airfields. All of this was a cost that an outnumbered and outgunned German Air Force could not afford. However, let's close on a different note, with one story among many that demonstrates just how incredible and ahead of its time the ME-163 was. It is April 10th, 1944, and 100 Allied bombers are flying in tight formation, loaded with bombs to drop on the city of Leipzig. Lieutenant Fritz Kelb, strapped into a comet, takes off in response. Completely alone, he flies up to the vast cloud of bombers at breakneck speed, and approaching the lead aircraft from below, fires his cannons at extraordinarily close range. In a cloud of smoke and fire, this bomber is instantly obliterated. Unfortunately, no pictures or video capture this incredible, undocumented moment. Mustang fighters scramble to react and chase off the intruder, but Kelb puts the comet's nose down, hard, and races back to safety, his plane already blackened and damaged from the shrapnel of the shattered bomber. One man took on an aerial army, and they had nothing in response. Not a single pilot in that allied squadron could have left that encounter without sensing that at least in terms of speed, they were hopelessly outmatched. And with that, we end this video on the Nazi Wunderwaffe, the bravest and most bananas attempts to create war-winning weapons ever seen in history. The Panzer VIII Maus, the H-Class battleships, and the ME-163 Comet remain icons to this day, testaments to the power of invention, especially when societies face desperate situations. But they are simply three of many. Hundreds of Wunderwaffe were proposed through the 1930s and 40s, ranging from tanks the size of ships, guns with remarkable abilities, and even outer space weapons. Please leave a comment down below with your own reactions, and let us know if you want more videos on different Wunderwaffe inventions. Also, remember to like this video and subscribe to support the channel. Thank you for watching, and I'll see you next time.